0: Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Hosea, Hosea chapter 14 this morning. Our verse out of Hosea is found in chapter 6, verse 6, and it says, For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Jesus was asked one day, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. God tells his people, I desire steadfast love, not sacrifice. I want you to know me more than just externally. Acknowledge. Let's read this verse together, please. We'll start with the reference and we'll read the verse and we will finish the reference. Here we go. Hosea 6 6. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice. Hosea 6 6. As we have studied Hosea, we have discovered God's truth. And it is this that God will do whatever it takes in order to bring his children back to himself. Hosea 1, the word of the Lord came to Hosea. And God said, my people are unfaithful. They have gone after other gods, and he describes it as playing the harlot. And so, Hosea, I want you to go marry a harlot to illustrate How far my love goes in order to bring back my people to himself. And Hosea did that. If it weren't for God's direct communication to Hosea, he'd have never done that. But he was willing to do what God told him to do. And as we have discovered here in Hosea, we have recognized that God wants to display his love to us. But sometimes that love is tested. But God's love will always be victorious. God's love always wins. Are you in Hosea chapter 14? We want to look at that love this morning. And we want to see how victory can be secured in the love of God. Hosea 14, verse 1, return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Now, stop right there. I want you to know that love always looks for a way to reconcile. Love always wants a relationship to return to itself. Now we could take the time this morning, but we won't, to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and we could discover what biblical love is all about. Where biblical love does not keep track of wrongs. Biblical love is not selfish. And God's pure love wants to demonstrate that He is willing to have our relationship renewed with Him no matter what's going on in our lives. Have you ever felt far from God? If that has ever happened in your life, may I remind you that it wasn't that God who moved? When we find ourselves far from God, it's not because God left us, it's because we left God. And here God is saying, return, O Israel, to your God. Now where had they gone? Their iniquity had taken them away. They had forsaken God. They had not been faithful to God. They had not loved God. They had no knowledge of God. They had rejected God. In fact, they had gone after other gods. And here God says, I want my people to return to me. Keep your finger here in Hosea chapter 14 and turn over to 1 John chapter 1. Will you please? 1 John chapter 1. Let me begin with verse 5. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5. This is the message we have heard from God and proclaim to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, We lie. But if we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Back to Hosea chapter 14. What had happened to God's people? Verse 2 tells us that they were stumbling around like they're walking in darkness. The older I get, the more I recognize I don't see well in the dark. That happened to you? And I'm understanding that I don't always remember where things are put while I'm walking around in the dark. The other day I was walking around in my basement and ran into a coffee table. Hit me right here. I was glad it didn't hit me a little higher. Right here. When we fail to walk in the light, we very easily stumble. So how do we get back to God? Well, Hosea tells us that we need to return. We need to repent. We need to quit going in the direction we're going, and we need to turn around and go in the other direction. You have heard that insanity is defined as doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Now I ask you, how many of us live our Christian lives that way? How many of us live our Christian lives doing the same thing over and over and over again And find that we're not growing close to God. But we want to grow close to God. But we don't know anything to change God. We need to repent and return unto Him. And walk in His light. And walk in His truth. And walk in His way. That's the only way that we can find reconciliation with God. As I said earlier, it's not God who moves. It's us who moves. God is consistent. He changes not. And God is light, as we read in 1 John. And in Him is no darkness at all. But when we turn our backs on the light and head the other direction, we are very apt to stumble. But not only do we need to return and repent, we also need to accept what is good. Verse 2, Take with you your words and return to the Lord. Say to Him, Take away all iniquity, accept what is good, and we will pay with bulls the vows of our lips. We need to walk in righteousness, accept what is good. You know the little prayer that we were taught as kids, that we were to say before our mealtimes. Remember it? God is good and God is great, and we thank Him for this. Do we understand that as adults? That God is good and God is great. Do we recognize that in order for us to be reconciled through God, we need to walk in righteousness in what is right in God's eyes, not ours? That's God's formula for reconciliation. Not only returning and repenting, going the other direction, but recognizing That there is a path of righteousness that we need to walk in. Last week Pastor Spencer preached out of Titus chapter 2. Talked about the good old days not necessarily being the good old days. I appreciated that message. Titus chapter 2 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men. Amen for the grace of God. Amen for the grace of God? Some of you aren't convinced about the grace of God? What does the grace of God do in our lives? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God, Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? Russ Gorham knows what the blessed hope is all about. Mike McMillan knows what the blessed hope is all about. Dr. Phil knows what the blessed hope is all about. John Horvick is very soon going to know what the blessed hope of God is all about. You and I are just looking for it. If we are to be reconciled to God, we must walk in righteousness And we must repay our vows. You ever make a promise you didn't keep to God? Ever make a promise to God? It's dangerous. That's more dangerous than making a promise to your wife that you don't keep. Hosea says, And we will pay with the bulls the vows of our lips. There will be sacrifice sometimes when we keep the vows that we have made to a sovereign, holy God. Love always looks for a way to reconcile. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? And there is a way to reconcile to God. Not only does love look for a way to reconcile, but love always opens a way to come home. Verse 3, Assyria will not save us, And we will not ride on horses. And we will say no more, our God, to the work of our hands. In you the orphan finds mercy. Judgment was coming on Israel. They had made a political alliance. And that political alliance would not save Israel. Military power would not save Israel. Now I need to give you just a little bit of history of the northern kingdom. The northern kingdom had 19 kings, none of whom were godly. Of those kings, eight died natural deaths, seven were murdered, one committed suicide, one was killed in battle, one was killed as a result of God's judgment, and one of the kings fell down a flight of stairs and died. The 18th king, the next the last king of the northern kingdom, was King Perka. He joined Syria in an unsuccessful attempt to punish Judah. In fact, during that time, Assyria came in and captured some of the northern kingdom. He was assassinated by the 19th king, whose name was Hosea. Syria won't save us. Political associations will not be the answer to our problems. It will not surprise you when I remind you this morning that Washington, D.C. cannot solve all of our problems here in the United States of America. It also will not surprise you when I say that Lansing, Michigan cannot Solve all of our problems here in the state of Michigan. And it will not surprise you that the city of Battle Creek's city commission or even county government in Calhoun cannot solve all of our problems. The Northern Kingdom thought if we have the proper political associations, our problem's going to be solved. We're going to get protected. Not true. Because not only was their problem not solved in political aspirations, it was also not solved by military means, for Hosea reminds them that we will not ride on horses. We will not be able to have our needs met simply because we have a great military power. Now, I am thankful that our president seems to be promoting greater resources to our military. I think that's a good thing. I think one of the responsibilities of national government is to give to us a good military to take care of us. But no matter how great the military Not our real answer. There's been a great debate that's been going on over the last couple of weeks about how to protect our students in our schools. I'm for protecting students in schools. How about you? But armed teachers won't do it. Hardened facilities won't do it. Going to take a change of heart in people's lives. That's going to do it. And Hosea recognizes that the only way to have stability and security in God is to understand the mercy of God. Did you notice verse 3? It's not in Assyria, it's not in horses. It's not even in the work of our hands. It's when the orphan comes to God and discovers the mercy of God. Now I remind you that Hosea had three children. You remember that. The first name was Jezreel, meant scattered. The second child was Loharoma, means no mercy. If you and I are going to discover security in God, we must look for the mercy of God where God does not give to us what we deserve. Love always opens a way to come home, and that way is through God's mercy in our lives. Love also visualizes healing. Look at verses 4 and 5, 6. I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. I will be like the dew to Israel; he shall blossom like the lily. He shall not take; he shall take root like the trees of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out; his beauty shall be like the olive, and his fragrance like Lebanon. Now, as I look at that, I discover that there are three types. Of healing. There's immediate healing. Did you notice that verse 4? I will heal their apostasy. That's immediate. I will love them freely. That's immediate. My anger will be turned from them. Aren't you thankful that there are immediate benefits of turning to God? Israel found them. But not only are there immediate benefits, they're short-term benefits. It's kind of like God is taking a step by step. Verse 5: I will be like dew to Israel. Rain was scarce in the Middle East. And it was the dew that watered the flowers. It was the dew that allow the agriculture to flourish. And God says, I'm just like that refreshment. And they shall blossom like the lily. Somebody help me, are these lilies? Thank you. I thought so. But I knew as soon as I said these are lilies, somebody would say, no, they're not. They're real. <laughs> Did you ever enjoy the fragrance of lilies? Now, I may start to sneeze because I'm allergic, but that's all right. the wonderful fragrance to the people of God when God is blessing them. There is nothing sweeter than a child of God who is living under the blessing of God. Amen? And the short-term benefits of being reconciled to God are the sweet fragrance Discovered in the lives of his people. There are long term benefits. Did you notice there? Take root like the tree of Lebanon. Shoots shall spread out. Beauty shall be like the olive. Fragrance like Lebanon. Verse 7 They shall return and dwell in my shadow. Flourish like the grain. Blossom like the vine. Fame will be like the wine of Lebanon. Oh, long-term benefits of living under the authority of our God. Nothing better. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows. Each day is like heaven. My heart Overflows the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. That's the healing that God brings to our lives when we follow his standard for our lives. And love always encourages what is right. Look with me at the last two verses of Hosea. O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress. From me comes your fruit. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. And the upright walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. What have I to do with idols, God says? (laughs) We won't take time this morning, but you could go to Psalm 115 and you would find that idols have mouths that do not speak. They have eyes that do not see, ears that do not hear, noses that do not smell, hands that do not Serve feet that do not walk. And then the psalmist says, Oh, Israel, trust in the Lord. God says, It's I who answer and look after you, not the idols. And then he says, Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whenever I read that, type of thing in Scripture. My mind goes to the wise man built his house upon the rock. You know that one? And when the rains came up, when the floods came up and rains came down. We'll get it. The house on the rock stood firm. The foolish man built his house upon the... Now here's what's interesting to me. The word for foolish is the same word from which we get our word, moron. The moron built his house upon the sand. Now please do not take offense at this. But there are a lot of Christians that are living their lives like morons. See what Hosea says? Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, discernment is able to take knowledge and understand it and put it into practice. Kind of like wisdom. Let him know them. Why? Because the ways of the Lord are right. And the upright walk in them. But do you remember how we started the 14th chapter? Transgressors stumble in them. That's what happens when we fail to walk in the path of God will do whatever it takes to bring his people to himself. As a picture is worth a thousand words, so Hosea was told to go out and marry a prostitute, a harlot. Because Hosea, I want you to demonstrate one, what my people have done to me how they have violated their love for me. And two, I want you to demonstrate how far I'm willing to go to bring them back to me. And Hosea did that. And we find pictured the wonderful love of God.